Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Kelly, Luke, Brandon, full house today, both at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us around the state on the Super Talk Radio Network. Full show today. Swish Sutton, a member of the famous Harlem Globetrotters, is going to join us here momentarily. Cameron Tom of the New Orleans Saints scheduled to be on the show here in about 20 minutes. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald and restaurant owner and Arthur Robert St. John all on the Eagle Hour today. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show and all Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious food. They cook in-house seven days a week here in Hattiesburg or in a neighborhood near you. And don't forget that uh, Dickie's here in Hattiesburg, specialist in catering, You've got a big event, large event, medium-sized event. It doesn't matter. You can sit back, relax, let Dickies do the cooking. Call and ask for the Dickies catering menu. A lot to choose from. All right, the Harlem Globetrotters, the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, set to make an appearance at Reed Green Coliseum on the 10th of this month. Tickets are available, and uh, you can uh, find out more on the southernmiss.com website, how you can take your family uh, for a great night of entertainment. Our first guest is a member of this world-famous basketball team, but probably not what you expect. Swish Sutton was a member of the South Carolina women's basketball team where she scored 1,300 points and 350 assists. She uh, played several years of professional basketball in uh, Europe and other parts of the world and became only the ninth woman ever to play for the Harlem Globetrotters. And we welcome Swish Sutton to the Eagle Hour, and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great introduction. I'm, I feel like I'm ready to play in the game. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got to ask the obvious question. How does a young lady who played basketball in the SEC at the University of South Carolina end up on the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I definitely just think it was written. You know, I played basketball. I feel like I've done everything there is to do with basketball. And um, people – People see my uh, videos on YouTube, my Instagram. I played in a lot of summer leagues on the East Coast. And the recruiter contacted me. I had to fly out for a, a tryout, and I made the team. So I've got to ask you this question. What did you think when you got the phone call? And it was the Harlem Globetrotters asking you if you wanted to come try out for their team. You know, it still hasn't, like, I don't know how to put it into words because, again, when I got the call, I'm like, the Harlem Globetrotters, or the cartoons, the pop stars, the red, white, and blue spinning, spinning the ball. And um, it was just an honor, you know, especially, you know, to, where I come from, Trenton, New Jersey. Not a lot of people are able to go to college for free, let alone continue a professional career. Mm-hmm. So I just look at it as an awesome opportunity to be a part of history. It's an iconic brand. No, well, there's no question. And you guys are coming uh... – here to Hattiesburg, uh, to the Southern Miss Basketball Arena uh, on the 10th of this month. So 
Swish, tell our listeners around the state of Mississippi what they'll see if they come to your game that night. When you guys come to our game March 10th, uh, this is our Pushing the Limits World Tour. And so, again, we will be pushing the limits, literally. We are attempting a new world record in every city, which means that might be a long trick shot. We shoot from the audience. We shoot from the baseline. We do some pretty amazing tricks. And um, for our Magic Circle, which is our pre-game ball handling tricks where we show off our personalities and do all of our tricks, we are doing that with a glow-in-the-dark basketball this year. So the lights will be off possibly at Reed Green Coliseum, and we'll still have to keep that ball spinning. Now, Swish, when you, when you tried out for the Globetrotters, because you were good, you got placed on the Globetrotters. Had you stunk in your tryout, you would have been placed on the Washington Nationals, the or Generals, this team that... Hey, that... I, mean, I mean, either way, I think I would have made some history. I don't know if we've ever had a, a female Washington General, but I'm grateful to be on the other side of things. Have, have those clowns ever beaten the Globetrotters, the Washington uh, Generals? You know, I can't say that they have. I mean, the Generals are good, though. We've, we've gotten, like, our Generals are getting are getting better and better each year, but... I think it's just a, you know, it's going to be a great game, a great uh, opportunity for families to come out and just kind of have fun and forget about work, forget about school, just party with the Globetrotters. And yeah. and what what did you ever get to have the opportunity to meet Curly Neal or the great Meadowlark Lemon? Uh, unfortunately, I did not get to meet either one, but you know, I was coached by Coach Lou Dunbar, and I've heard. You know, every airport I go to, every hotel, every gym, every everything, people are always telling me how great Meadowlark and Curly Mill were. So my hat goes off to those guys. No question. Lou Johnson, have you ever talked to a Harlem, Harlem Globetrotter? Because here's your opportunity. I am more than excited to talk to Swish Sutton. Thank <laughs> you for being on today, uh, ma'am. Okay, so take us a little insight. When, when you sign up for the Globetrotters, how long mm-hmm. was it before your first performance, and what was the hardest part, I mean, of, of some of the tricks of the trade uh, to learn? Oh, man, that's a great question. Okay, so Inside School brought to you exclusive on the Eagle Hour with Swish. Okay. Um, so I had to do a tryout, and then that was maybe, I can honestly say, most people have to wait and get a call back, but they tapped me on my shoulder right afterwards and said that the job is yours if you want it, so I'm super wow. happy about that. Um, I want to say the next maybe two, two to three weeks, we get flown in for training camp, and Right from training camp, you start tour. I literally finished my first training camp as a rookie, and I was in, I forget which arena, but I was in the game like two days later. Mm. Super nervous. And I think the, the the cool part is that, you know, in order to even become a globe charter, you do have to know how to play basketball. That's first and foremost for a basketball team. And then the team and the coaches, they teach us the tricks and the spins. And uh, to be quite honest, it took me a lot longer than I anticipated to learn the signature ball spin, but I got it down now, so that's all that matters. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. And uh, when, uh, So at these performances, at these games, everybody loves how you guys not only show out, but, but you impress and you do it. Has there ever been a time where maybe it was just an off night? Maybe one of the vets really messed up several tricks. What's the response like when that happens, especially among the team? 
Oh, no, to be quite honest, I mean, these guys, you know, my teammates have been literally on the team for years, so they are the stars of the Globetrotters. And uh, March 10th, you will get to see Thunder and Big Easy and Torch. Torch is the first female Globetrotter who has a Guinness World Record for the most under-the-leg tumble dribbles. And so when you mention an off night, it's just like every city we go to, we have to be practiced before the game. And, you know, we might miss a few. You come to the game, you'll see us miss some shots. Uh, but it's very rare that our teammates miss dunks. It's very rare that you see us drop the ball or mess up on our tricks because, you know, we take pride in that. It's the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, we're big. It's more than just basketball. So now, one of, one of the routines if we do mess up. Just like clap for us and keep us going and give us some good energy. <laughs> and one of the routines is is the world famous bucket routine, where one of the Globetrotters you know goes up into the stands and there's either water in the bucket or there's confetti in the bucket. Are you going to let us know, Swish, right now, whether there will be water in the bucket or confetti in the bucket, or is that still part of the routine? Uh, you know what? I can't honestly <laughs> say. I think that if you come. If you come to the game, you will be pleasantly surprised. But I can say, ladies, wear a hat. Ah, okay. Uh, now, okay. Swish, I'm going to put you I, on I the look, spot. I got to look out for the ladies. I don't want our hair to be messed up because, you know, just in case we might throw some water out. But <laughs> That's I would definitely right. say, um, you know, we, like I said, we're adding the glow-in-the-dark basketball. We are trying a new trick shot each city. Um, we have our magic pass, which, you know, people are allowed to come in and, Hang out with us before the game, autographs, learn some of our tricks, and you never know what to expect. So you got to come out. Right now, Swish, I'm gonna put you on the spot. The Harlem okay. Globetrotters, they go play at South Carolina. That's where you played basketball, right? Yes. Yeah, University of South Carolina, or any really good men's basketball program in the country, and the Globetrotters show up, and you're not interested in doing any tricks. You're interested in playing basketball. Is there a college team in America that could stand up to the Globetrotters in real deal basketball? Oh, that's a great, great question. And so I would say, you know, we actually watch. Like, we sit in the hotel and we watch, all, you know, basketball all day. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but back, back in the day, we played the Minneapolis Lakers. Mm-hmm before they became Los Angeles Lakers, and we beat them twice. Mm. So to set up a college game, that would be very interesting. In other words, they would beat the college team pretty words, soundly. Yeah. No, right, <laughs> yeah, Swish, yeah. they wouldn't have a chance against you. What you're, what you're trying to say. You know, in a nice way. you know, okay, on the record, I love my heart goes out to every athlete. It's not easy being a student athlete, but I'm going to go with the team I play for. So, of course, the Harlem Globetrotters will win. All right, well, look, thank you very much. We look forward to having you guys here on the 10th of the month, and we appreciate your time. Fun conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. All right. Swish Sutton, everybody, of the famous Harlem Globetrotters. Eagle Hour continues after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. I want to thank Swish Sutton of the Harlem Globetrotters for joining us in the opening segment of the show. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. 
Hardy Street, of course, six days a week. That's where you'll find the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel. Or you can go online to campusbookmart.net. want to let everybody know that might be listening to us uh, as we're live streaming. Uh, we're having sun fades uh, all through the southeastern U.S., and uh, that has knocked us off of the radio signals uh, that were on around the state. Uh, should be uh, just a few minutes, and uh, it should be back. So if you know anybody that may have told you that uh, they can't pick us up on the radio, but you're uh, picking up the stream, that uh, would be the reason. All right, Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun-Herald. It's Thursday. Patrick, is uh, Patrick? did I understand that you're on your way to Ole Miss? Yeah, uh, the Moss Point girls basketball team is playing for a state championship today, so I'm going up there. I'm actually leaving Madison right now, headed up there to, to cover their game. Well, we hope you're wearing black and gold. Uh, I'm wearing blue jeans and a and a gray sweater. I guess that counts. Out. But that's that's <laughs> Moss Berry Zone, and that's Moss Point's colors though is gray and blue. Right. So that'll right. work. Well, you'll you'll stay. You won't be you won't be confused as an Ole Miss person because you don't have on a blazer, khaki pants, loafers, and no socks. So you're good, Patrick. You don't well, you don't have to wear. I always wear neutral attire as as much neutral attire as possible. That's why I wear a, a Detroit Tigers cap everywhere. Yeah, because nobody's <laughs> a fan of them, so you can't offend anybody. Right. There, right? Oh, there you right. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Basketball goes down to Rice, 72-57. They have a game left against Middle Tennessee, but the basketball season is over. Eagles are not going to make um, – not going to make the tournament. When you look back, what are the obvious? What were the obvious problems this year? Well, once they hit, it got to the point where they only really had seven or eight, really seven guys that they could put on the court uh, and compete. I mean, whenever it was just tough. I mean, they basically played the almost the second half of the season without a, a true point guard because their uh, top two point guards in Malone and the uh, JCJC transfer uh, they they just weren't a weren't available, so, you know, they were uh, suspended for academics. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're back with the team next year. Uh, you know, I guess there's a good chance maybe Jay Ladner decides to move on. I know they've got a transfer coming in from PRCC at the point guard. But anyway, uh, once they just lost those two guys that were playing significant minutes in the backcourt uh, where they were already really thin, uh, I mean, they were really thin across the board, but uh, that really cost them. And, you know, I, I – I wasn't around the team enough late in the season to see what morale was like, but uh, obviously there for a while they were beating, you know, hanging with some good teams, even beating some good teams, but they're late in the season. It just, it just wasn't happening for them. Is this a fair statement or unfair statement? The previous coach left the cupboard bare. Well, yeah, I mean, and these, and these players were meant to play in Doc Sadler's system, so you have to take that into account as well. Uh, you know, it's not that drastically different, but – uh, you know, I, I don't think it was entirely fair. I mean, I think Sadler knew this year was going to be a transition season if he'd stayed around for another year. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons that he moved on. So, I mean, he Sadler was aware that this season, uh, three yeah. guards that are really good between. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're back now. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, you're back. Okay, I'm on the interstate. I don't know. What, okay. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's you know. Uh, you, you lost Griffin and, and uh, uh, Cortez and, and Dominic McGee, and those were your three best guards last year. So anytime you have to replace that amount of production, it's really tough. Right. No question about that. All right, Luke. Patrick McGee on his way to the dark side. 
Well, um, yeah. Anyway, we won't comment on that. Um, all right, baseball rolls in this weekend. Just about an hour ago, uh, the pitching rotation obviously Gabe Shepard not uh, in the rotation this weekend. Walker Powell moves to Friday. He's uh, that's a normal slot for him. Uh, we we had speculated that Ben Etheridge would move to Saturday, and that has been confirmed. Chandler Best still uh, on the mound for Sunday. Your thoughts about the rotation? Well, yeah, obviously, whenever I saw that, I wanted to put in it. Y'all may have heard more. I've been sick this week. I might have missed something. But as far as Gabe Shepard goes, I don't. I know he's had a couple of rough outings. I haven't talked to Scott Barry in the last week. Uh, but having him sit may be, you know, a precautionary thing just to make sure he's not dealing with any arm soreness or something it's, like that. It's shoulder uh, tendonitis. It's nothing structural, shoulder. but, yeah, it's actual shoulder tendonitis, the backside okay, of the shoulder. Okay, so just, it's one of those things they think rest will help or whatever. Uh, right. But, yeah, Etheridge has thrown well, so, I mean, he gives them a chance to compete on the weekend. Uh, you know, Arkansas Little Rock's a good team. Walker Powell's been outstanding. Uh, he's looked like the ace here early in the season. So, him moving in the Friday spot, I expect he'll probably stay in that spot the rest of the year. Patrick, I feel good about your... the way the team's playing, the record and all. But I'll tell you what, and and I do realize a lot of young kids have stepped up and, and done some good things in relief. But it sure seems like to me that right now weekend starting pitching is a big, big question mark with the league just a week away. Uh, I, I just lost that last little bit of the question. Uh, I was going to say, despite all the great performances we've seen from some young relief pitchers, it concerns me that that starting weekend pitching is such a big question mark a week away from the conference start. Yeah, I mean, that is reason for concern. Uh, you know, we never thought really starting rotation on the weekend would be a question mark, but as we know, college baseball is the most unpredictable of all sports, mm-hmm. and uh, things can kind of change from week to week and, and going into the season, so yeah, it's a concern. I, I think they've got the arms to compete, obviously, in Conference USA across the board. Uh, they've got the guys to do so. But, uh, you know, outside of Walker Powell, you're going to need some guys that can give you five or six innings uh, uh, on the weekend. So, uh, eventually, you know, I I expect some of these young guys to really step it up as the season goes on. But, yeah, going in, it is a concern. Patrick, I wanted to ask you about Quez Watkins. He had the third fastest wide receiver time at the Combine. Are you hearing anything as to it obviously can't hurt his draft stock, but um, what is that? What will that mean overall for Quez? You think uh, just that that performance as the third fastest receiver at the combine? Right. I, well, obviously it helps him. Uh, you know, I don't know how far up the board they really send him, or you know, it's still there's no guarantee that he's even drafted. Uh, you know, he, he really wasn't that high on everybody's board, uh, but going into the to the combine for him to perform that well. He really gives them – somebody's going to take a chance on him. Uh, that's, that's just my school of thought, whether it's a fifth or a fourth round or somewhere along those lines. Uh, it seems like he's probably worthy of taking a chance on. So uh, I think Quez, you know, can play in the NFL. He's not, you know, he's not the biggest guy, the strongest guy. He's certainly strong enough and big enough to play, you know, at Southern Miss or anywhere else. But it's a different challenge in, in the NFL. So as long as he can kind of satisfy uh, the NFL coaches through further workouts and stuff like that, I think eventually he's going to become a draft pick. Yeah, there are some teams it, out there that, that love that speed, too, Luke. You know, right. They, they, it, it seemed like, though, Kelly, you know, the, the knock on him, uh, what he was as impressive as he was speed-wise. I heard he was in some ways even more impressive catching the football. But, but Kelly, you know, the big knock on him is can he get off man coverage? Can he be physical at the line of scrimmage and not just be a burner? Yeah, that's a good point, Luke. It's, it comes down to uh, being physical in the NFL, and he, he wasn't always asked to be that you know that guy at Southern Miss. So that's going to be the challenge for him if he can. 
maybe you know put in some uh, uh, put add some strength and, and, and maybe a little bit of weight kind of going into the going into the draft. Yeah, and I know that, and I know that uh, it, it's there's more than one piece of the puzzle than just speed. But you can you can coach him to perhaps be a little bit more physical. You can't teach that kind of speed. And I know when John Ross a couple of years ago out of the University of Washington went and and just blazed the forty. I mean, his name, you know, that nobody had really thought he was anything. And then, of course, he's been injured now in his NFL career. But, um, but man, they, they they love that speed. Those teams love that speed. So I expect Quez to. To, to be drafted. And that, and that means so much to a college program, I think, too, when you just see his name and you see the Southern Miss logo there. Any way that the Eagles can get positive you know, feedback or um, you know, mentions on national television, the better. So good, good luck to Quez. We're behind him 100%. So he, Patrick, a uh, co- couple more questions with uh, one more question for me for football, and Bob may have one more. Um, you know, they, they've shifted around um, some fruit basket turnover. Billings goes from uh, defensive coordinator to coaching the tight ends. Akeem Davis goes from the defensive side of the ball to go the offensive side of the ball. Anything to that? I mean, we're glad that, uh, you know, Tony's back running the defense, but there has been a little shifting around on the Southern Miss football coaching staff. Yeah, I, I mean, and Jay had mentioned that to me before he even hired his offensive coordinator that he might do some shifting around. I didn't know, I didn't know it'd be that to that extent. Uh, uh, and for Billings, you know, he's kind of a stage in the career where you know he probably doesn't really care to be that defensive coordinator anymore. You know, he's, uh, you know, he, I, I'm not sure how old Tim is at this point, but uh, once you get Tony Pepperova back in the uh, fold, he he could be your defensive coordinator and allow Tim to kind of step back and I mean it really you know whenever Billings joined Hobson's staff he didn't expect to be in a role like defensive coordinator it was kind of a, a move out of necessity as far as Akeem Davis goes obviously the the secondary at times wasn't the greatest I, I think maybe this is a chance for him to kind of step back and let him develop a little bit more as a coach overall in, at, at running backs and then you have Reed Stringer going over the defense to coach the nickel uh, Reed Stringer is just always going to have uh, be one of those guys that's regarded as a really strong recruiter and they give him kind of a, a specific role on the staff, whether it's tight ends or just any other position. He's, he's really a good program guy to have to help build a program, but he's not somebody that's really going to have a tremendous amount of responsibility on the field. So uh, I guess that's the best way to kind of talk that all up. All right, Patrick, thanks a lot, man. Get, get in and out of Oxford as quickly as you can and get yourself back down here to God's country. I'm planning on it. I want to get back to sleep in my own bed. All right. Patrick McGee, everybody. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Cameron Tom from the New Orleans Saints scheduled next on the Eagle Hour and the sun fades have gone so if you've lost us the sun fade was the reason that's over you should be able to hear the rest of the show To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday. Appreciate Patrick McGee spending some time with us. Wish him all the best as he goes in and out of Oxford, Mississippi. <coughs> Luke, Kelly, Bob, and Brandon from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. 
And beautiful downtown Laurel, we think the sun fades have passed, and uh, you can always, if you're listening to us live on the radio and you missed that scoop segment uh, with Patrick talking baseball and basketball and football, you can uh, go, um, as soon as the show's over, Brandon will be posting it to the podcast and supertalk.fm. You can always go back and, and listen on demand to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street. Swing by tomorrow, get you a great lunch there, uh, pre-game, uh, before Southern Miss takes on Little Rock tomorrow night at the Pete. And uh, we appreciate 4th Street Bar and Grill being a proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, it's NFL week, guys. We had Nick Mullins on uh, Tuesday. We've had already this uh, show, we've had a Harlem Globetrotter. We've had Patrick McGee. But now we have a New Orleans Saint on the Eagle Hour. Cameron Tom was the center for Southern Miss from 2013 to 2016, a three-time all-conference selection, and now spends his time hanging out with Drew Brees and Houdat Land, and Cameron joins us now. Cameron Tom, how's your Thursday? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? We're doing great, man. Thanks for uh, for coming on today, and really excited to talk yeah. to you. Um, you just have to to bear with our my other two co-hosts. One's a Bengals fan, and one's a Redskins fan, so that neither one of them know anything about winning. So uh, I, I'm your Saints guy. Uh, three Super um, Bowls. But, but, <laughs> b- before Cameron and I were were born together, right. add our ages up, and then the right. Redskins won. Anyway, Cameron. Um, so many people around here are uh, are New Orleans Saints fans and uh, just uh, adore that franchise. What has it been finishing up your third year uh, being able to play uh, for the New Orleans Saints? Um, I mean, it was it's been great. Um, you know, growing up, I grew up in Baton Rouge, so I was a Saints fan, and you know, uh, when I was in middle school, and they weren't very good, and then Coach Coach Payton and Drew Brees got there, and pretty much turned it around and um you know it's it was pretty surreal when I first got there like seeing them because you know they they I was in I was a freshman in high school when they won and it was just it was just been pretty just a pretty uh, awesome experience uh, the the first time you walked into a locker room I remember this when I went through uh, rookie camp with the Lions but you you walk into that locker room and you're looking around and you see you know a locker that says Breeze on it and you look over here and you see a locker that says this guy's name on it and then you see a locker that says Tom on it. What was that moment like for you? Uh, yeah, just like like I said, pretty surreal. I mean, you know, I was I remember just right before like my first OTA as a rookie, like going out there, I was like, wow, well, I'm about to go practice football with Drew Breeze. Uh, it was just. Uh, it was just uh, like an incredible moment, like incredible experience, and um, you know, it's, it's kind of ordinary now. Like I don't even think about it anymore, but like that first time was definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, an awesome experience. Right, uh, Cameron. We we all know what a great football player Drew Brees is, but what kind of a what kind of a man, what kind of a person is Drew Brees when you're around him day in and day out? Uh, pretty much what you like. Pretty much what you hear in the uh, in the media and, and stuff you see on uh, social media and stuff like that. I mean, it's that's that's actually him. Like when the cameras aren't on and you know, reporters aren't making stories, that's you know that's that's exactly who he is, and p- probably plus some. You know, he's um, always you know uh, talking to every guy in the locker room. You know, trying to have a conversation. He's friendly. You know, he's not like. Uh, he doesn't see himself above anybody else. He's, you know, he's from one to 
53 to the practice squad to anybody anybody that's in that locker room he'll mm-hmm. he talks to and is just you know an awesome awesome guy he strikes me as as not being a guy who he's a superstar let's just be honest but he strikes me as is not being the kind of guy that carries that persona around with him like look out i've just walked in the room and i'm drew Brees. am i right about that he seems the opposite of that yeah, he's absolutely. He's absolutely the opposite of that. You know, um, he just tries to be as low key as possible. But it's kind of hard in New Orleans when everybody recognizes you. But you know, he'll he uh, yeah, he just tries to be as you know as as humble and, and low key as he can. Any time, yeah, goes out. Cameron, I want to ask you about the the politics of the National Football League. Of course, the the players' union is bargaining with the owners now about an expanded seventeen week season perhaps a shortened uh, preseason uh, on the on the plus side for you guys would raise the the salary cap and the you know money per team are you a political animal when it comes to that kind of thing and where do, where do you stand on those issues of of extra games because it's a brutal sport yeah i mean i haven't so you know the uh, the cba was sent to us and i haven't uh, i haven't voted yet or anything so i haven't i haven't looked at it um but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm against 17 games just because, like you said, it's a brutal sport, especially if they don't add any any bye weeks or anything like that. And um, you know, I'm just how, I'm how, just trying to you know taking taking as much information as I can before I make my decision. But you know, do you, one of the things. Got, got to make a decision quick. Yeah, when when you talk to other guys, though, what's what's the general feeling? And I know you're, we can only talk about the Saints because those are the only guys you probably talk to on a regular basis. But do you get a feeling from your teammates as to whether they're for it or against it? Um, I'm not sure because this is since since they've uh, since this new proposal has come out, like it's the season's been you know the season's already passed, so. Um, it's kind of hard to say, like uh, how what the locker room, um, what the locker, the Saints locker room is like right now. Um, I can only speak. I can only basically sure. pretty much speak for myself. But uh, you know, so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of hard to get a get a beat on the uh, the full the full locker room. Well, I want to go back to your days at at Southern Miss. What are some of your favorite memories of uh, of wearing the black and gold of Southern Miss as opposed to the old gold and black of uh, New Orleans? Um, just one of my, one of my favorite movies when I first got there, um, definitely first time, you know, going to college and, you know, living on my own. That was definitely a cool experience. Also, um, uh, playing in the conference championship game in 2015, that was definitely an awesome experience. Uh, I wish it, um, you know, turned out in a you know, different way, which we had won, but overall the experience was incredible. Like just. You know, having a turnaround season like that after the first two years. Uh, you know, we were um, we were talking yesterday. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish finish your thought. No, go, go ahead. No, I apologize. Uh, just going to the, the bowl game, the bowl game in in, uh, in Dallas that year too was you know with all the like all my teammates and you know experiencing that for the first time was definitely a really awesome experience. And so when we talked to your former Nick, uh, teammate Nick Mullins uh, earlier this week, we we talked about and and you were obviously included in that. The extraordinary amount of talent that was on that that Todd Munkin football team, and how many of you guys mm-hmm. went on to play in in the league? Uh, when you look back, mm-hmm. uh, Cameron, that had to be pretty remarkable that Todd Munkin could pull so much talent together 
uh, when the when the program had, had such a big hill to climb. When you think back on that, uh, did you realize at the time how talented the football team was? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. Like I, we had, I knew we had talent. Like the past couple of years, I knew we had the talent to compete with uh, with conference USA teams. It was just um, kind of getting getting us to believe that we were that good. Um, that's that's one thing I think Coach Martin did a great job of doing was, um, you know, instilling that belief that we had enough talent to compete, and um, you know, just kind of changing the attitude around. Um, from the from you know from the last you know, the last couple uh, last three or four years from before, mm-hmm. he's going to get a shot in the NFL, don't you think, Cameron, as a head coach, Todd Munkin? Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I, I thought he was I, I thought he was going to get one um, sooner. I mean, he was having he got interviews last year, right? But um, I, I, absolutely, I, I think he will. Would you ever play for the Bengals or the Redskins? Well, he played don't, for the Redskins. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't have to answer that don't about the Bengals, Cameron. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you got another Baton Rouge guy down there that looks like he's going to have to swallow that pill of playing for the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow. So, um, bless his heart. I think know. the guy wants a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cameron, explain to my partner here, though. You're an NFL player, so you'll know. There's a big difference in the Redskins and the Bengals. Am I right about that? One pick is the only difference. Uh, <laughs> about about one win, two wins. That's about it. <laughs> All I right, mean, both the teams, both the teams are not not too far away from you know. There we go. Uh, Keep play, going from the playoffs. Each other. That's what he was saying. <laughs> I was, from the playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs. The, the Bengals have a talented. The Bengals have a talented roster. They yeah. were when we played them. When we played them last year in in twenty eighteen, they were uh, they were five and two. There we go. But to say Cameron Tom, the ultimate optimist. That's what <laughs> yeah. we learned today. <laughs> Bye, I'm just saying it's it's the 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 um the difference between like in the NFL, like the difference between winning like winning teams and losing teams is not is not that yeah not that great. Yeah, they're all talented. Yeah, they are you know, for sure. Yeah, they're all they're all everyone everyone's talented. Right. Well look, Cameron, the time's too short. We'd like to get you back on again and uh when we have more time to talk to you. But we're really grateful that you came on the show. And uh, we're all big fans of yours, my man. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Cameron Tom, everybody, of the New Orleans Saints. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in across the state this afternoon. Our thanks to Cameron Tom of the New Orleans Saints uh, for joining us and also Swish Sutton from the Harlem Globetrotters. Quite a show today. $150,000 donated uh, this morning to the university by the first uh, for the completion of the Jeff Bauer Academic Center uh, at the library on campus. Uh, We were there this morning, uh, got a private talk with uh, ad jeremy mcclain and uh, we'll have that uh, interview on the show tomorrow all right our next guest is uh, no stranger to the eagle hour or to super talk my wife and i were at midtown last night at the midtowner restaurant owned by a restaurateur and author robert st john 
Uh, first of all, I, I want to tell everybody that's coming into town this weekend for baseball, breakfast, lunch, and now dinner available uh, at the Midtown, or it's right across the street from the campus in Midtown. Robert St. John, i got to tell you, and I, I think I said this to you last night, I felt like I was at my grandmother's house. The southern food was so good last night. All right, we had Robert St. John on the telephone. May have lost him here momentarily, but we're going to try to go back and get him. And, and what I want to get him on the show to talk about, guys, in the couple minutes we have left is this development in Hattiesburg, this midtown development. If you're not from this area and you don't come down here a lot, you hadn't been here in a while, Kelly Sander, you'd be astonished to see – What's happened in Midtown Hattiesburg? And when you say Midtown, people, are, you're trying to visualize it. It's it's essentially the area where Elam Arms was. Right. Okay, that was the old dormitory that had the swimming pool. Elam Arms was on the other side of Hardy Street. So kind of all in that area that used to be the Elam Arms and gravel parking lot, right. that is now yeah, all Midtown. developed called Midtown. All right, we've got Robert back on the phone. Robert, I was just letting people know that are coming in for the ball games this weekend about your restaurant, now open for dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, my wife and I were down there last night, had a chance to visit with you for a few minutes, and I told you it was like being at my grandmother's house. It was it was southern comfort food, my man. It was delicious. Yeah, we were actually at supper. Uh, it's supper, supper. Not dinner. Dinner's a little too formal. Supper is pork turnip greens and fried chicken and baked chicken and black-eyed peas and Mac and cheese, uh, mashed potatoes, rice and gravy, all that kind of food you and I grew up uh, eating at our grandmother's house. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just a midtowner, which is located right across the uh, USM campus. And uh, we opened about 18 months ago. We do breakfast and lunch. Uh, and we have just now opened for supper. We've been getting calls from people who couldn't get there during the day and wanted us to. Uh, open at night and so we decided you know what uh, it makes a lot of sense we'll just do a southern supper and, and mm. that's what we're doing now so yeah. it's it's really uh, it's uh, kind of southern heritage cuisine yeah don't forget the chicken and dumplings and uh fried okra that's uh yeah you had, you had chicken and dumplings i sure did it. and it was absolutely <laughs> delicious man as, as we sit here and talk cardiologists are just <laughs> licking their chops <laughs> i don't care exactly right. we got baked chicken and steamed broccoli and salad that's okay right. there you but go but i i'm eating the chicken and dumplings my man i can tell i, <laughs> no, can tell I hear you and robert while we got you on the air too something uh, an, an organization that you're involved with is the extra table i'd like right. uh e- eagle hour listeners to know about the extra table because i'm a big fan of what you guys do there can you yeah. can you well, What's your elevator extra speech? Table, extra Table is a 501c3 nonprofit I started about 10 years ago. It has grown um, every year since then. And, and today we supply uh, over 40 mission pantries and soup kitchens across Mississippi with more than 14 tons of healthy food uh, every month. And uh, the way it works is real simple. We partner uh, with Cisco, the food service distributor. We go out and raise money ourselves. We use 100% of the money we raise for food to purchase food. Uh, and then we deliver it through Cisco once a month to different mission pantries and soup dishes all across the state. And um, it's it's really, um, you know, a, a needed thing. I was, be honest with you, I was a little cynical that Mississippi even had, you know, a problem with uh, what the government calls food insecurity but it's a it's a huge problem and it's uh what you have is you have a lot of things i grew up with a single mom i i, I had an art teacher she raised my brother and me up i've heard that dad and and you know but i never missed a meal but there are people out there with uh you got senior citizens who 
um, or are living on fixed income who right now are trying to figure out can I pay the light bill or can I go to the grocery store. And mm-hmm. you got kids who eat a school breakfast and a school lunch and don't eat again until the next day. So there's a lot of problems out there. But there are a lot of agencies getting food to people who are in need. The problem is, is they run out of food a lot. The other problem is a lot of the food is unhealthy. Right. Because all our food is very healthy. It's all shelf-stable, low-fat proteins, low-sugar fruits, uh, low-sodium vegetables, healthy grains. And uh, we just make it easy. We raise money. We use that money. We buy wholesaling at bulk. So that you know the dollar stretches, and we deliver it to these agencies all over uh, the state of Mississippi. So you leave the fried chicken and the mashed potatoes and the macaroni and cheese to Bob and Angela Getty. That's what I go eat. That, yeah. is, that is correct. <laughs> and I'll be we, back to eat it pretty we soon. We ship tuna in full packs and chicken in full packs for protein. <laughs> hey, Robert, I'm sorry. They so- make dumplings with it after we send it, and then good for them. Yeah, I am. I'm sorry we're short on time. Uh, we'll get you back here real soon because uh, that's a great thing, and we want to talk to you more about Midtown and its association with Southern Miss. And I know you're a big mm-hmm. part of that. So you know, if you're willing, we'll uh, we'll get you set up here in, in the near future and bring you back on the Eagle Hour. Hey, y'all, call me anytime. We hope to see you at the Midtown this weekend. Right. Uh, Southern Miss to the top. Let's go win a baseball game. There you go, Robert St. John. Everybody, restaurant tour entrepreneur, Arthur, and just a nice guy, Kelly. Great American. Great American. All right, we are on the road to Mark Walk-On, so uh, we'll be on the air at 1 o'clock, have that interview with Jerry Mill McLean and uh, some other great guests as well, so we hope you'll join us tomorrow at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. To To the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.